0: Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Well, we are back with another Epipod on the downslope of 50. Yep. First 50 was fun. How are we going to top that?
1: No, I mean, it's kind of like life. If you get through the first 50 and kind of hitting your stride, now it's just downhill from here. Next stop, death.
0: This is an uplifting
1: Epipod so far. And if you need some uplifting after this dour <laughs> beginning to, our, to this Epipod, I think we got the thing for you. What do we have lined up today, Matt? We've got a new installment of Kenny Gmail. Kenny Gmail is our opportunity to share real email that has come in from you, the listener. This is email that's come in through our Finest Work Songs account, which is finestworksongs at gmail.com.
0: I hope they're as heartfelt as they have been.
1: So this first email is in reference to our Stevie Wonder epipod. And apparently we were talking about the classic cinematic masterpiece, Spies Like Us. Jeff Stevenson writes, Dear Hating Hosts, I was enjoying the newest Epipod until you treated the theme song to arguably one of the funniest movies from the 80s. Shame. Oh, this is, this is for real. That's a real one? Uh, okay. <laughs> no, that was real. I <laughs> got an email. I mean, of course we got an email. <laughs> <is> Kenny t <laughs> That's right. You know, Jeff, yes, we were kind of picking on the theme song, but there's no denying the movie Spies Like Us is hysterical. Let's check out this theme song. Not Paul McCartney's best work. It's not Blackbird. It's not Hey Jude. It's not even silly love songs. Actually, I take it back.
0: Man. This is wonderful. Also in the video, he's playing all of the instruments. Gosh, Paul in the 80s. (laughs) Uh. You know, I probably have only seen that movie like once. Really? Jeff Stevenson. I might have to go watch that. I'll come over your house.
1: (laughs) There you go. Our second Kenny Gmail comes in response to our Black Crows Shake Your Money Maker epipod. And this one comes from Shannon Eric Aprile. Shanna writes, I think the problem for me is the energistically benchmark focused growth strategies via superior supply chains. Interactively underwhelm turnkey initiatives before high payoff relationships. Is that like a
0: Mad Libs on LinkedIn? <laughs> <It might be. laughs> I mean, that's every business buzzword. Shanna left off synergistic, which is mm-hmm. kind of disappointing. Shanna, What's
1: her point? Mad, it's pretty obvious what her point is. She loves the Black Crows. She's a big man. fan of Whitney. Who oh, wasn't? When he was a fantastic guest. So I think that's really at the heart of what Shanna is saying.
0: Shanna, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks again for another Kenny Gmail. Keep those emails coming, people. We always appreciate the heartfelt sentiments from the fans. That's why we're here. We don't really like each other. We're just mm-hmm. doing it for the fans. So let's give the people what they want, which today is Matthew Sweet's Girlfriend.
2: Don't you need to get back in.
1: When i'm asking friends of mine what album should we talk about or we we do a
0: poll and ask people to submit albums to discuss this one routinely gets brought up i've been surprised that it has come up routinely Mm -hmm. when we ask people not because it's a bad album but just because i don't think of it as a major classic album Mm -hmm. but i think that it was important for those of a certain age like we were in high school well let's find out what all the fuss is about matt what's your memory of matthew sweet's girlfriend
1: so when this album came out i'm 16 I probably first heard of Matthew Sweet on like 120 minutes mm-hmm. on MTV, and the song just blew me away. I remember going out buying the, the cassette tape, and so many of these songs I felt like were speaking directly to me as like a 16 year old kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, girlfriend. I'd love to have a girlfriend. This guy's, <laughs> I'll buy this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this will help. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's singing about this girl who, you know, she's. Perfect and everything. the only thing missing is she needs a boyfriend. It's like, yeah, hey, I, I can relate to that. I can do that. You've got this album of love and being with someone, and then also questions about faith and God and, and all that. And so it was hitting me from all sorts of angles <laughs> when this when this album came yeah, out. Yeah, for perfect sure. Perfect timing. Yep. So cassette you were still on cassette at that point i think that's because my car at that time had a cassette player yeah i I maybe had switched to the disc man which you would plug into the car
0: stereo with the cassette adapter we didn't want to make the full switch because man you couldn't make mixtapes with just cds (laughs) we weren't at that level yet if i wanted a cd burner i didn't have five grand to drop on that in 1991 (laughs) right Instead, it's all about the mixtapes. Many years later, actually, when we bought our first family SUV, a Toyota
1: 4Runner, it had a CD player and a cassette player Whoa. post out the Matthew Sweet cassette. Yeah. Kids are like, yay. Yay. Cool. <laughs> Good stuff.
0: How about you? What's your memory of Matthew Sweet? Matt, when I got out of college, I took a route into law enforcement, mm. specifically the FBI. And they paired me up with an experienced agent. We were tasked with catching some bank robbers Hmm. that uh, wore rubber masks of (laughs) ex-presidents. It took you a while. The image is just really funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grizzled seasoned partner had a theory that they were surfers. And so being young, athletic. Don't forget hot. I had to learn to surf. Mm -hmm. The surfing was tough to use your body in that way with the balance and the timing and endurance but the most difficult part was learning the lingo. Sure. So when I started hanging around with these surfers, I just tried to listen up. I got into a really cool group, crazy what? like hippie surfing names like Bodie and Gromit and Nathaniel. And you know, they let me in. I had to always watch my back. Yep. Something could give me away at any moment. I played it cool. You know, they're like, Hey, what'd you think of that? And I'd say tubular. They're like, yeah, man, he knows. He, he knows what's town. up. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Of all the groups of surfers, Along the West Coast. I happened to stumble into the one that was the group of bank robbers. Yeah, I was a really good FBI agent and I didn't even (laughs) know it. I'm getting better at surfing. I'm getting better at the lingo. I was learning words like bro, Mm -hmm. point break, and kook. So I would just drop these intermittently. Yeah, You know, they would say like, hey, where should we go eat? What do you think? I'd be like, bro. And they're like, ha man, he knows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One night we're sitting around the campfire and somebody asked me what I thought. Of the day's break and i just said sweet one of the surfers was like you talking about matthew sweets october release girlfriend and i just went bro my cover was not blown the next day i went out and got that album just to find out more for research probably too yeah yeah so that's how i found out about yeah
1: man you're really running with some outsiders mm-hmm. in that group there mm-hmm. i mean I'm sure it was a, quite the adrenaline rush just with the speed of that, that kind of lifestyle and getting caught up in that matrix of like being an FBI mm-hmm. agent, mm-hmm. but also trying
0: to keep that cover. Man, what an excellent adventure. <laughs> a lot there for there you. Was a lot. Yeah. Matt, like you, I, I'm sure I heard this album on 120 minutes or actually on regular rotation yeah. at some point because the song became huge. Mm-hmm. And this album came out of nowhere. Seems like one that everyone had. And then you went to college and you saw that everyone had his album after this, Mm -hmm. the one with him on the cover with the headphones. What was it? 100% sweet? 100% sweet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make the mistake of buying that. I did. (laughs) I've got it. I never got into that one. It kind of rose and fell with this album. Mm -hmm. We're going to find out why this album kicks off. First track, Divine
3: Intervention.
1: Think Matthew Sweet was influenced by the Beatles at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you'd heard them. Before. I was trying
1: to like do a count of all the Beatles esque things, yeah. In this, I mean, you've got the backwards tracking, yeah, helter skelter type fade out and fade yeah. back in, yeah, that's right. You've got sort of the Ringo drum feels mm-hmm. kind of going in here and there. There's so much Beatles, yeah, stuff going on, and I love it. I'm
0: here for it. This album was recorded completely without reverb in the studio, they'd call it just dry, okay, which really makes things sound more kind of stark and live Mm -hmm. completely opposite from what else we were hearing during that time think about octung baby Mm -hmm. that's around the same time Mm -hmm. jesus jones (laughs) well yeah i mean that's clearly the (laughs) yeah those two were the big hitters of the day everything was becoming more produced and then you're coming out of the 80s and so to have just a complete live drum sound after you know last week we talked about that gated reverb that 80s drum sound that was so processed and this just sounds like the drums in the room, mm-hmm. and which is kind of what they did. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things about the song is if you listen to it, there are no chords played. It's only the bass, drums, yep. and then little guitar riffs, but yep. no one's playing any chords. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing ringing out. It just sounds very sparse.
1: Mm-hmm. Somehow I got it in my head or heard it after this album came out that this was all Matthew Sweet. I believe that too. I don't know where that, maybe he started the rumor. (laughs) And so that kind of steered how I also viewed the listening to this album. This sounds like if one guy was recording, playing every instrument and then put it together, this is kind of how it would sound.
0: You think that also because of the vocals, all Matthew Sweet. Right. He was actually joined by Richard Lloyd of television. Mm Mm-hmm. Famous band from the 70s, not just for the music that they made, but for the influence they had. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about television, right. except that R.E.M. looked to them as influence. Yeah. And so in the late 90s, I went and bought the CD just on that. I was blown away by just how cool it was. That has a similar feel, mm-hmm. panned guitars and a little bit more sparse feel to it. Yeah, no chords. You kind of wonder what how Matthew Sweet was influenced. Well, let's check out what was his album before like. Way different.
1: No, that sounds more of a time than I think most of the songs on Girlfriend
0: do. Which sounds of the 60s. Yes, another time. <laughs> yeah, of another time. <laughs> yeah, so he had a killer band, mm-hmm. and they got in the studio and put some tricks to it. Mm-hmm. But the songs had to be there. Yeah. You know, we're not taken away from that. But there was something I think that may have appealed to you and I and people of our age in that. It kind of had a throwback, power Mm -hmm. pop feel.
1: That was about the same time Tears for Fears had made sort of a resurgence with Sowing the Seeds of Love, which had the same elements... Let's throw every Beatles
0: recording trick into a song. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of goofy now, but it worked really well at that time. It's interesting to think about how different recording techniques come in and out of style. Mm-hmm. I found a few bands that have this early 90s feel to it. And as soon as I heard it, I just thought, okay, you could release this easily 25 years ago. that to me sounds early 90s yeah by the way that is uh the song sleepless dreamer by pearl charles when you see something new and you listen to it sounds like the 90s that seems to be what's happening right now
1: it would make sense because like early 90s the throwback paying respect to things you liked when you're growing up would have been late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. and so now we're at a point where the 90s
0: would be making that resurgence shimmery glimmer pop yeah matthew sweet and co follow up divine intervention with i've been waiting
1: Matthew Sweet was influenced by the birds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Also, do you think that we would have the gin blossoms without Matthew Sweet? Yeah, it's that
1: old the picking jangle pick. You, we talked before about the songs that made it on like every mixtape. Yeah. Was this on any of your mixtapes? I've been waiting. Yeah. Nah. Really? I'm kind of surprised
0: by that. Is it too on the nose? Yeah, no, it's too fast, man. I was going for the slow oh, jam. Oh, okay. it. was all Jodeci. <laughs> I was talking. Yeah, slow love songs,
1: man. This would have been on any and all mixtapes for me.
0: Definitely on the nose. I've been waiting for a girl yeah. like you. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah. I didn't think I'd find you perfect in so many ways.
1: What are you trying to tell
0: me? I found out you're perfect. I thought you were a loser. And it says you can wear my clothes. Yeah. Did you always offer? Hey, girl. Hey, you want to wear, wear this You jacket? want to wear my
1: leather jacket? Yeah. I played tennis. <laughs> then the video for this introduced me to anime, which I'm not into
0: anime, but it was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know what was happening, but girlfriend and this song have anime, anime videos. Bikini clad yeah. girls. Like, what? <laughs> And his face comes in. Assuming. Yeah, like kind of like
1: zooms in and out. Yeah. Same
0: video yeah. for both of them. <laughs> right. It's like the anime in the background, his face zooms in. Yeah. What were we thinking back then? From a pop
1: song standpoint, to me, it's a, it's a pretty perfect. Yeah. So
0: clean. Really well done mm-hmm. and catchy. And that's how it ended up, I think, in all of our cars and all the girls' mixtapes that you made. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, and if you have any of those people, can I have them back? Yeah. I don't want to listen to them.
0: So let's talk about this guy. He was born in Nebraska. I think it was in 1982. He heard REM. They came through town. They were not that well-known mm-hmm. and probably not huge in Nebraska. Yeah, probably not at that point. <laughs> yeah. And so he hung out afterwards, gave Michael Stipe a tape of his band, which always works. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Michael Stipe took it back to his sister's band which was called OOK and they all the three of them sent Matthew Sweet postcards and they were like come to Athens Mm -hmm. come to this burgeoning scene of B-52s and Pylon and REM and And so he did he moves to Athens forms a band with Michael Stipe called Community Trolls And Matt, I intentionally did not listen to any community trolls okay. so that we could experience it together. I had
1: no idea that they were in a band together or that you could actually still hear their music.
0: Where's that coming? The oh, no, that's it. That's in here.
1: That's crazy. I thought it was. Wow. That's so crazy.
0: I don't know if y'all are having the experience, but to <laughs> us, it sounded like it was coming out of speakers in the room. We both took our headphones off and looked around. That's nuts.
2: If I reached out tonight, I found I couldn't find it. If you were here once, you were here a hundred times. Oh, best as a wishing
3: star, I saw you better
0: far away. And I, I love when Michael Stipe does that sort of country. Country, thing. That twang. Yeah. Yeah, so however they recorded this is really freaking our ears out. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. If only those two had gone that direction. Yeah. Things would have been a lot better. Oh, man. (laughs) He's probably a college sophomore. Yeah. (laughs) He's in a band with Michael Stipe. Like, what? What? And not just in a band, like Coast singing. Yeah. Maybe Mike Mills rarely got that opportunity. And this is a kid who just handed a tape to Michael Stipe after a show. Wow. They must have seen something in Matthew Sweet. So the other band he formed was with Michael's sister, Linda Stipe. And also there was a singer named Linda Hopper this is the checkers
2: game where grandson and granddad will it's catchy play. I like it yeah, yeah a little this poetry is slam yeah that sweet <laughs> good on the piano too these
0: vacation homes yeah he that. really sold out oh help. wait 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 that wasn't it <laughs> sorry here's the real that's a band from athens in the early 80s (laughs) no way (laughs) get out of here with that nonsense so matthew sweet has the pop touch (laughs) yeah apparently man he is tapped into that late 60s jangle pop he's got it and that's huge in athens Mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s so then just when things are getting going he up and moves to new york and signs a solo recording contract which the Athens people, that doesn't sit well with them. I'm sure. Mm -mm. Mm. We invited you in to our home. We welcomed you. Yes. And you up and used us and left. That's what they felt. Nothing sweet about that. No. So he's got two albums before this, but Girlfriend is the one that just launched him into what we know him for, which is the song we've all been waiting for. (laughs) Title track of the album.
2: What you need to
1: I don't know if it's because of the song or if it's some, you know, instinctive thing, but anytime I get behind a drum kit, I automatically start playing that beat. That must be something about a certain age. And even my friend Stan, who played drums in bands we were in high school, he does the same thing. Like, we always laughed at, like, you immediately start doing that beat. It's a
0: thing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, anybody, and it's funny that Stan does it. He's a drummer. He's a drummer. But anybody who's not a drummer that I've seen sit down behind a kit, that's that's the beat that they do. yeah. Yeah.
1: And you start with the hi-hat, then you move
0: over to like a... a, (laughs) Well, if you're getting fancy. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And if the drummer lets you stay on it long enough playing that beat. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know what it is about that beat. It's like a white boy version of James Brown. Yeah. Funky drummer. (laughs) Vanilla version of that. All tight.
1: It makes me feel a little bit better knowing that it's a thing. Mm-hmm. This one could have also been on a Matt Lale mixtape circa yeah. 1991, 92.
0: Yeah. I'd probably put this on a tape or two. Yeah. It wasn't a standard. It it's wasn't- More um, than words? Or silk.
1: Oh, you were swinging for the fences with your mixtapes.
0: Yeah, man. I was, I was just <laughs> trying to button and get the first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Hold on. What is that silk song? Silk. Yeah. It's not Freak Me. <laughs> It's not Meeting in My Bedroom. <laughs> it's not Let's Make Love. Which well, is it?
2: What song is that about? What song? That's their it? political
0: commentary song. It's not Don't Keep Me Waiting. What's Freak Me? me baby. <laughs> I forgot about this song. Me, Did I have this single? <laughs> if so, I really hope so. Yes, that's what this song was.
2: Baby, make you feel hot.
1: (laughs) You would put this on a mixtape? No, no.
0: (laughs) I, for some reason, had the single, but I did not put this on a (laughs) mixtape.
2: Early
0: 90s right here. Oh, gosh. All right. All right. That's enough. That's this amazing. is a family podcast here. <laughs> I want to <laughs> lick was. you up. Why did I have that? Uh, I'm asking my friend Eric Turlow because I, I blame it on him because we used to ride around in my Ford Escort with the bass cannon and sing songs like this. So... <laughs> 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 all right. Maybe not Silk, but... <laughs> Something in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah.
1: But this was the, probably the song that catapulted Matthew Sweet into mixtapes all over white America.
0: <laughs> I wondered about this album does it hold up Mm -hmm. and if you're gonna test it on somebody you're gonna use this song right my girls and i will be driving around we'll pick songs so
1: this is the litmus test yeah so you know
0: we we kind of rotate if we're driving somewhere and pick songs and so i played this one and i always just listen to see what what they'll do absolutely nothing no response nope my middle kid, she's the rocker, and she was like, no response. I thought she'd be into it, the beat or something, but... Yeah, no, nope. nothing. Does it just hold up to us because we loved it back then? To me, it doesn't sound overly dated.
1: It doesn't sound like it's of its time, necessarily. Mm-hmm. If I was a, at a club and some band played this and I'd never heard it before, I think I would think... Hey, this is a really cool, catchy pop song. Yeah. I think I would still dig it, hearing it for the first time today, but I'm also not a
0: 12-year-old girl. And they could have been mad at me, because I wouldn't, I don't know, let them do whatever they want. But I probably wanted to just go back to playing Silk. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, Silk, so, what do you think? <laughs> no, that's true. It does have that timeless aspect. And that's the thing about the recording, too, mm-hmm. is that when you hear it, you don't think, ugh, 1983. Right. All right, so this is the reason everyone bought the album, mm-hmm. and they were pleasantly surprised if you liked the pop side of it if you thought you were getting some rocker of an album you were extremely disappointed right yeah (laughs) because then it goes into songs like this one winona let me lick you up and (laughs) down
2: the line was busy Were you talking to a friend When I tried again much later
1: This was a song I would always fast forward through. Oh, yeah. I was here for the Beatles-esque yeah. pop and mm-hmm. the, and the you know, girlfriend. And I was not yet mature enough to <laughs> appreciate yeah. the country. and the I mean, really like the country yeah. sound totally of, that this song has. And listen back to it now, uh, I have a much better appreciation for it. It's a really pretty song. In some ways, I kind of wish it had been earlier in the album, change it up a little bit. But yeah, it's a really pretty song.
0: Well, naturally, if he's into that, late 60s jangle pop stuff made famous by the birds then he's gonna do a song like the birds did with graham parsons yeah. on sweetheart of the rodeo and do True. a country song mm-hmm. it sounds like it could fit on that yeah but it is a good song and he does it well yeah i wouldn't have had an appreciation back then but now when i hear it this is probably one that i'm more drawn to than others on the album yeah. reportedly about winona Rider. if you ask matthew sweet he says that he called it winona because he wanted it to have an old country feel and she wasn't that well known Whereas Lloyd says he had an obsession with Winona Ryder <laughs> and I finally convinced him to fess up. Oh wow. Kids, you may know her as the freaked out mom. Stranger it, on Stranger Things. Stranger yeah. Things. But there was a time when she was on the Hollywood A list. And I was looking at Winona Ryder while we were listening. Winona Laura Horowitz, she was bullied in junior high. And she was bullied throughout high school. And she said when she was in Beetlejuice, She's mm. in Beetlejuice. It's right. a big movie at the time. And she says, I remember thinking, ooh, it's like the number one movie. This is going to make things great at school. But it made things worse. They called me a witch. Oh, my God. Poor Wynona. Yeah. Why wow. are you picking on her, man? She's yeah. cool. Heathers. I never saw Heathers. Heathers is great. I don't know why I didn't. No reason. Yeah. Just,
1: Heathers I mean. is good. And that fits into the mood and theme of this album, too, because, I mean, Heather's is a movie about struggling through high school and being a teenager and yeah. all
0: those kinds also, of things. Also, she's been in Edward Scissorhands. That's how yeah. I first found out about Winona Ryder. Wow, she was in Godfather 3, but withdrew due to nervous exhaustion. Wow. It's sad, but also it probably saved her from being in Godfather 3. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's
0: true. Gosh, this is an early 90s sentence. Do you remember that movie starring Cher? Christina Ricci and Winona Ryder called Mermaids.
1: Oh yeah. Yep.
0: So Matthew Sweet's obsessed with Winona Ryder. Yeah, I'm I'm over here just like going down a Winona Ryder no, no. deep dive. Yeah. Who who would you have been obsessed Bring with? Bring me back in nineteen ninety one. Let's see. Who would I have sent Freak Me to? <laughs> like in real life or are we talking in movies, the movie crush? Movie crush. Okay. Yeah. Probably Meg Ryan. Oh yeah. I'd seen her in Joe versus the volcano. Who didn't? Right I like that movie That's good I don't movie. know if it holds up But right. When I was Thirteen I liked it
1: oh, Trying to make sure I get the name right
0: It's uh Goldberg <laughs> it's Whoopi Goldberg is the last name <laughs> I wasn't a huge fan Of the actual
1: show but it would probably have been, you know, Pamela Anderson on Home Improvement.
0: <laughs> Wait, what was she on?
1: She was on Home Improvement. She was on Home Improvement. Yeah,
0: she was like the original, like Tool Time girl or whatever. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sure there were more people I had crushes on. Meg Ryan's a good one back then. You yeah. know, Elizabeth Shue, man. Elizabeth Shue, Yeah, you know, karate yep. Kid. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you Alyssa know, Milano was a lot of people's crush. Yeah, yeah,
0: a lot of people yeah. liked her. My best friend, Doug, he had a big crush on Dana Plato, oh. <laughs> who was uh, Kimberly Drummond on really? Different Strokes. Yeah, that was, He loved her. Am I right, Doug? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. Well, no, but you'll just take it as gospel truth. <laughs> anyway.
1: I think the song shows that Matthew Sweet had some versatility. Now you kind of wish there was a little bit more of that. You lean in more towards the, the country, all country sensibilities. Yeah. Of it.
0: I'd like to hear him do more of that. Now, he may have. Yeah. He's done 15 albums, studio albums. Mm. This would have been a good episode to have someone on who stayed with him. Right. You know, <laughs> who could tell us about the trajectory. Yeah. I do know that he did those albums with Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a few of those. They're good. I think there's probably like four albums. I'd probably take an album and a half, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not saying it was bad. It was just right. some songs. Eh, it's yeah, it's fine. Right. But some of the covers were really well done. Hmm. You know, he's been in all these bands with other people and collaborated with other people. He just seems like someone who's a well-respected and... Always working. Always working. Always
1: trying to do something different and collaborate with people.
0: Never achieved the success of this song. Yeah. This was the closest he got. Mm -hmm. Top 10 on the modern alternative rock charts. Mm -hmm. The album, I think, got to maybe 100 as an album in mm-hmm. the Billboard charts. I mean, so this was known to us and others, but it wasn't a phenomenon. Like,
1: you wouldn't have gone through like a 16 year old girl's album collection and stumbled across girlfriend. Back 16-year-old?
0: then? Yeah. That's at the age we were. I'm a girl?
3: Yeah, yeah. You right think so? Yeah. I'll yeah.
0: oh, see. I think this was very heavy skewed towards dudes. really? Dudes. Oh, no. We're going to put a poll out there. We got to ask the ladies okay. of our age and see. <laughs> If still had this album Or if it was just dudes Trying to <laughs> Impress said impress girls yeah. Hey I got an <laughs> album Called Girlfriend
1: <laughs> That is interesting That the album itself
0: Never peaked Any higher than that The pop goodness Continues with this next one Evangeline Coming back to this album, this was probably in my top three. Yeah. He's trying to get with that Christian girl. <laughs> She's not having it. Well, yep.
1: Evangeline. I mean, there have been so many songs about the struggle between faith and yeah. a lot of R&B soul artists have done it yeah. so well for years. And country. <laughs> and country. Yeah. yeah. And Again, as, as someone, 16-year-old kid, I was here for
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, country songs, too. Mm-hmm. Go for that. Like, usually some rebellious dude, yeah. some church girl that he's trying to impress. So he cleans himself up. Yeah. Not Matthew Sweet. He's just like, Come on, we can hide. Your dad won't see us. Yeah. That's what he sings. <laughs> right. But this is another catchy one. I like this one. As I was
1: reflecting back on, on the album as a whole and Evangeline and Divine Intervention, mm-hmm. wondering like, okay, where does someone like Matthew Sweet, where does he stand okay. on, on this? So I, I looked it up and he said in a 2016 interview, Magnet Magazine, he said, people see what they want in these songs. If they're religious, they might think, awesome, that's when God comes. Mm. I was actually coming out as an atheist in a way. That's how I read it. That's how I read it now. Yeah. Then I read it as this like inner struggle, um, Gotcha. almost unclear, and In divine intervention. He says, "I cannot understand my God." You know, yeah. so it kind of
0: made you think, okay, he does believe. Those are two interesting points that dealing with people of faith and how he takes it. Matt, this album is fifteen songs, and it should have been ten. At most. When we talked about earlier thinking that this was all Matthew Sweet.
1: In some ways, I think I've related it to like a Ryan Adams album. Sometimes you just want to be like, you need an editor. You need yes. someone to come in and say, you yeah, know, this doesn't need this many songs. Even when I was really into this album, I would probably get eight, nine songs into it before I would rewind and start over. If you had asked me.
0: How many songs are on Girlfriend? I would have been like, 10?
1: Yeah. 9? Right. Too many songs. I mean, even some of the later songs, I think, are decent, okay songs. And I was pleasantly surprised with some of the deeper tracks that I've probably never really listened
0: to before. I think the last five are trash. I don't mind your sweet voice. You don't? I think that's a pretty good song. This one to me, Does She Talk. This sounds like a horrible bar band. Yep. This next song. Yeah. Yeah, Holy Wars. Holy War to me sounds like a high school garage band. Yep. And then this sounds like a coffee house, a bad coffee house song.
1: There were so many albums that ended like this in that time. Like, oh, we got to go out on this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you on those last three. Yeah.
0: Um, well, you like your sweet voice,
1: but way too long of an album.
0: Yeah, way too long. It's got some good pop on it. I've enjoyed revisiting it mm-hmm. i don't think after recording this epipod that i'm gonna go listen to it a lot mm-hmm. like i have with other albums mm-hmm. but i still like parts of it yeah like those
1: first six songs really mm-hmm. are phenomenal to me those are some that i routinely go back and listen to i won't listen to the album uh, as a whole but i'll definitely listen to, to those on a pretty routine basis think you're right though i mean as an album it's pretty weak for a full album
0: i mean it's not freak me. Freak me baby. Well, I mean, that's is, a high bar. Yeah.
1: But I've enjoyed reminiscing about the struggles of being a teenage boy. So this that, has been fun.
0: All right, listeners. One thing that we always do on Finest Work Songs is challenge one another. That if we had to remove a song, which one would it be? So Matt Matthew Sweet is about to show you his anime collection. Oof. Unless you take a song off Girlfriend. So if you had to, which song would it be? For
1: me, it would be You Don't Love Me.
0: Man, as soon as he starts singing, yeah, oh, just weak. It almost sounds like it would be a song
1: that would be at towards the end of a high school musical, right before the big closing positive number
0: emphasis on high school. Yes, (laughs) like that's a high school kid singing (laughs) a bad song, right? What about you? What song would you remove? I would take off Does She Talk. (laughs) yeah that song's terrible yeah matthew sweet edit your stuff dude i yeah, get it down to nine ten yeah. songs and it's
1: a really good concise digestible mm-hmm. album
0: if you are of a certain age this album might mean a lot to you mm-hmm. and if not you might wonder why we reviewed it <laughs> <laughs> but we think there's some great songs on here and it was fun to take us back to high school and uh remind us of other wonderful things in high school mm-hmm. such as one on a rider yep. freak me by silk Dana Plato shout out to Doug
1: We enjoy engaging with all of you on Twitter and Instagram at Worksongs or you can find us on Facebook. And be sure to send us emails, FinestWorkSongs at gmail.com. Who knows? Maybe we'll read
0: your email as part of the next installment of Kenny Gmail. Yeah, thanks again for listening. We're going to go ahead and take you out on this classic. I want to make you what? Your body scream. Uh-huh. Our theme song is by the incredible band, Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.